This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Two games, four days, six points. Parky's pretenders have become contenders. He's going to be one hell of a ride. Welcome to Rob Ryan Red, a Wrexham FC podcast by Nathan Salt and Rich Faye, bringing you all the latest views, news and interviews from around the race course. Now, if you're new around here, make sure to subscribe. But enough of that. Let's get on with the show. What a week. Where do we start then? I mean, Wildston away with you, Nath, was enough of a roller coaster of an afternoon on Saturday. But then Chesterfield on Tuesday night, we all went there as believers, dreamers of a title charge. Not many of us believed it would actually happen, though, particularly after that first half. The Jekyll and Hyde performance of Parkey came back, though. Wrexham, arguably the performance of the season. We went to Chesterfield. Yeah, we were crap for 45 minutes. But that second half, that is one of the best away days I've ever been on I'm believing I'm dreaming the dream is still alive the, Nath. the dream is alive mate the dream yeah. is well and truly alive look I'm very very I, I said this to you on text and I will say it for the benefit of the listeners uh, I'm very jealous that I didn't make it to Chesterfield I thought I'd hogged all the drama at Wheelston you know you had Halifax away early in the season and we had that Paul Mullen celebration didn't we the, the kind of the clock fist bump and, and I thought okay great um, Wheelston away was was cold as hell <laughs> and uh, yeah that was freezing we were at the back of the stand rich the bloke in front of us had lost his cap into the muddy puddle behind it all looked like it was going to be a bit of a disaster Jordan Davis, Reese or Johnson bits of magic unbelievable and I thought you know what I was actually thinking go to Chesterfield just get a draw and at half time dare I say I was thinking oh god super Rob Layton's I mean, we'll, we'll get on to Rob Lainton, but he was unbelievable in just keeping us in the game. Second 45, again, for the second time in a couple of days, Liam McAlinden, Rich, completely changed the game. I think he's done, I think he's kind of one of the sort of secret success, secret success stories, but he, he's one of the kind of hidden gems that's really proven the benefit of having competition for places. You know, he's absolutely chomping at the bit to, to get in there and... God, is it? Can we do it? Mickey Thomas reckons automatic promotion, aka the title, is still very much on. And who am I to argue with Mickey Thomas? I'm not. We're dreaming again, and this is what I love about football because, in terms of like a microcosm of a week, it doesn't matter what league you're in, who your players are, who you know, who you support, ever to have two wins like that, to win one so dramatically, like no offense to Wilston, like really good <laughs> setup. It just hurts me because the stadium. You can't really get an atmosphere going. Everyone's cold. It's like even the last minute limbs where we broke the barrier were good, but it still was lacking that 
you know, it still felt to me like an FA Cup qualifier or something. It was the type of game we should have won. Chesterfield was everything we expected from Wrexham in the first half. It was the bigger the crowd, the less of the performance. Nothing was going right. At half time I turned to my friend and friend of the podcast, James Kelly, and just said, I would I would love a point now. Just get out of here. Get get to my car safely and get home. But then, like you said, McAlinden and Parky said after the game himself that Wrexham were a bit surprised by the way that Chesterfield has set up early on and that we didn't really match their system properly and we were under the cosh right from the word go and Parkey's game plan then just turned to survival get to half time he can talk to the players say this is what will change get some fresh legs on and you know Parkey will get slaked for that first half performance but you can understand why he did just have to try and get us to sort of grind dig deep and just to survive until the break because it worked a charm again Rob Lainton, we're going to get onto this. We put a question out on social media asking you who your mile of the match was against Chesterfield, who is Wrexham's most important player right now, and where will we finish? So that's at Rob Ryan Red on Twitter, if you don't follow us already. We've put that on. We're going to read out some of those towards the end of the podcast. Rob Lainton, he's a very popular man because some of the saves he was making, the way he was commanding the box, he got an injury and he did it well to sort of run down the clock a bit and to disrupt Chesterfield's rhythm. He got the you know got the physio on. He was in some pain, but you know we we made sure it just it lasted maybe thirty seconds longer than it needed to because we were so under the cosh. And I think everyone, all one thousand eight hundred and fifty two of us in that away end, were just thinking this is the Wrexham we all know. Big away day, high hopes, low delivery. I was just gonna say that I was listening to you then talking about Rob Lainton and and I was thinking obviously we went and spent two hundred thousand pounds to get Ben Tozer. We spent. A rumored 150,000, we believe, to get Aaron Hayden. You know, we've gone and got um, Ollie Palm for 300,000, and, and we spent, you know, any make up the figure you want for Tom O'Connor. Just say 200,000 for argument's sake. What would it have taken to have gone and got Rob Lainton in this sort of form from somebody else? You know, half a mil. I, I, you know, what what is he worth? I'd love people to, like I say, you well, read he's the priceless, there, isn't he? he? He's priceless to us now, but I'm saying that. You know, to ha- to already have someone of that caliber in there, and I think, look, I, I can say, I've I've seen enough of the performance. I feel like, look, I- I've become Dean Keats. I've I've freaky fried into Dean Keats. Look, um, that's very that's a scary thought in itself. But I think defensively, I think we have shown. Look, um, Ben Tozer didn't he? He said didn't he that he didn't. Want- <laughs> Did you see that clip, Rich, where he said he didn't yeah. want he didn't want any more kids? Thank God, because he he, he took one where it. Where it hurts if you're a gentleman, uh, well, I assume a man or woman, it, it very much hurts to take any kind of uh, pain in that region. Uh, it did seem to hurt Bentoza, but he's fine, kept the clean sheet. But look, him and him and uh, Cloworth and Aaron Hayden and Lennon and Brisley, there have been moments in the season where they have had defensive lapses and they have, I don't know, been beaten for pace or been beaten in the air. As, well, as crosses into the box previously. used to be our sort of kryptonite, yeah, didn't mean, they? Awful, awful. It was not awful, but I mean, it was it was a, a real problem area. We spoke to Mark Crichton recently, didn't we? About and it, and he's been very vocal on Twitter. About got to improve at set pieces, and, and we're looking really dangerous from them now. I mean, you would be hard pressed to to pick out many major errors from Rob Lainton this season. Is he a shoe in for Player of the Year as things are going now? Is is it going to be Aaron Hayden? Is it going to be Paul Mullen? Is it going to be Jordan Davis? This is what you want. You want multiple contenders for these kind of things. In years gone by, it's, it's. I know last year we had a good debate, didn't we, on the podcast about who would it be, or Johnson, or Young, or, or whoever else people were, were suggesting. But I think Lainton will be right up there. I think he is, and, and nothing against Scott Loach. I know he showed a lot of class clapping the, the Wrexham fans at the end, a bit more class than, what was his name at, at Wheelston? Wickens? George Wickens, maybe? Something like that. I was very confused at the amount of love he got um, after the game. People saying, you know, he's one of the best keepers in the league. I thought he was potentially one of the worst keepers I'd seen in a long time. Maybe I'm being harsh because of the win, but I, I thought I could have kicked better than than what he did. I don't know. Am I being harsh, Rich? I thought he was absolutely awful. But maybe I'm, maybe I'm, you know, not in a position to criticise goalkeepers when the winds are blowing <laughs> 100 mile an hour or whatever. But no, I I, I thought Lainton, if if you don't already know. He, quite clearly is the best goalkeeper in the league and there are some good ones some really good ones at this level but it's games like Ch- Tuesday night against Chesterfield that you know with a lesser keeper yeah. Yeah, and the lesser thing about Lincoln is 
he he gains us. I think it's, I'd say about between five to ten points a season that he just salvages on his own, which is just so so important. And you think of this running that's coming in. If we'd lost last night, this would mm. be a very different podcast, obviously. But Massively. you would you you would say that not only the title's gone, but then you'd be looking at those top two automatic, uh, not the automatic spots, but you know the uh, the semi final for the better playoff sort of reach. Yeah, 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 yeah. To get the home advantage and finish second or third, they would look out of the question as well now, but. They don't, and as much as that was down to Palmer scoring two, missing a comical uh, open goal, although he, he savaged the pitch afterwards, which was just basically a sand pit, you know, it was awful. I think it was a bucket of spades next to the goal. Uh, you know, it was just, it, it was all down to Leighton, really, that we stayed in it in the first half, mm. because every player played badly, and, you know, I was in the stand, and I was harshly picking out some players who I didn't think were playing well, but then I thought about it, Everyone had played badly. Our whole set, our whole sort of tactic was it came from two set pieces really, where we were trying to win the second ball, and you know, in turn, that's where we get our goals from really. But there's that free kick from Young that Palmer headed back across, and Jarvis tamely volleyed at goal, and that was it. Other than that, it was Chesterfield nil, Rob Lainton nil at half time, and Parkey, like we said, when we're not winning, he's such an easy scapegoat because we're never going to have a go at players who've come from the football league for record fees. We're never going to have a go at our owners because, well, they're not even owners, are they? That well, no the chance. Yeah, overseas of the club, and you know they are, they're flawless. So all the criticism is going to either go to someone who makes a horrendous individual error on the pitch in terms of a rash red card where they didn't need to, a, a mistake leading to a goal, or you know missing chances, or whatever. And then other than that, the criticism is going to go at. Obviously, the officials, it's the National League. We have to blame them for everything. And then the manager. And, you know, it wasn't good enough in the first half, but he did change that. And for me, that is a sign of a good manager because there's almost this vision in your head that when a team's playing well, every half of football is perfect. They're winning every game with no stress. And, you know, like, you you look at the top of the Premier League now, there's City fans who are fuming because they lost to Tottenham at the weekend. And, you know, even when you're at a club that big and everything seems to be going so well, there's still going to be lows. There's still going to be times where fans get angry. And, you know, that's that's obviously going to happen at Wrexham because we've got such little patience, understandably, because we've been trapped in this league for so long now. And, you know, I think lots of us have, have been close to saying Parky out or tempted to tweet it or whatever because it's been so frustrating at times. And I know I tweeted Jurassic Parkinson at the start of the season for one of those <laughs> games where it was just awful to watch. But you've got to just try giving as much slack as possible. And I know two wins on the bounce helps in, in a circumstance, but he, he did he did get his uh, sort of game management spot on against Chesterfield, even though the initial plan wasn't wasn't executed well. But he still fixed that, and I think you've got to give him credit for for doing that as well. I'd say the knives were were sharp; they were pointed uh, at Wheelston for about eighty five minutes. Rich, um, I, I'm sure you can attest to that in the stand for a lot of people. I just think there's a there's a way there's, a, there's an expectation to win games. Of course, we want to win every game, but there's also an expectation that there's a certain like, this is an expensively assembled team. I know Chesterfield has spent money and and Stockport and Knotts and others, but you know we've got a million pounds worth of talent in in that team and when you look at a display like that first half it's it, it's it's inconsequential in the end because you've won the game and all that matters is the record at the end of the season so you know it'll be long forgotten what i was going to say before when you're talking about rob lainton and, and him earning your points you know cast your mind back to the race course when chesterfield went there and it was shamanga's penalty that lainton saved turns the game on its head i think they'll one nil up when he saves that go on and draw 1-1 one, one and, and you know, you've know you rescued a point there that could go on to be vital if, if you finish third by a point or you know, there's, there's, there's plenty of other examples of, of Lainton pulling off huge saves. The, the one at the race course, who was that against? The double save that we tweeted a clip out of, it was I Grimsby. That was against now. Grimsby now. And, and you know, obviously go on, I think that was nil-nil at the time or or yeah, I can't remember. But he, I remember the double save and it was a huge moment again where he's come up clutch for you. Um, for anyone who follows American sports, you know everyone's always coming up clutch, and Layton definitely has multiple times, and and yeah, keeping him around is is absolutely imperative, and and he seems to be improving as well under Lee Butler. Maybe it's those firm handshakes. I don't know, maybe, but he seems to have like hands of just absolute steel now, Layton. He just nothing to get past him. Um, but on Parky, I, I think if if we're 
if we're going to call him out for the errors and mistakes of which there have been plenty, I believe, over the season on the pitch, at, at, you know, various times in a, in a match, you've got to give him his flowers, I think, when when he does change the game. And we've seen two performances here where, okay, McAlinden's been that been that instigator, but Parky's gone and changed it. He's not dithered, especially at Chesterfield. Dan Jarvis will be no doubt disappointed to have come off it at a below par performance by his standards. Come off at half time, McAlinden comes on. He just offers something different. And, and yeah. we said a few weeks ago, didn't we? On on it might have been the last episode, which talking about the wing back debate. Uh, and we mentioned, didn't we, about McFadden coming in, getting two assists, and you know where does this leave McAlinden? Well, actually, I think maybe McAlinden's got a lot more versatility to him, and 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 he could be that option. You know, in in behind, could he be the the sort of the the spear of a midfield three if you need to change the game? You'd imagine that Mullin will come back into it. Davis is a lock in that team. Young is a lock. Uh, Tom O'Connor, Palmer. So it will be interesting to see. But with someone as in form, I think as McAlinden, even though he's not getting the goals per se, just his energy and his directness, and just he offers something a bit different. And and I think he's really showing you why it's so important to have depth because I think if we'd have had someone like McAlinden a few years ago under fan ownership he would have started every game and there'd be no real threat that the person behind him if there was a person behind him that they would be ready to kick him out whereas now it's okay Callum McFadden plays I thought he played okay down at Wheelston doesn't play again the Tuesday you play Hosanna Uh, will he play on Saturday might go back to McFadden it might I don't know you might play back four I'd go McAlinden at left wing now. back because he was so Mac- good Mac- in those be, games be before McFadden exactly. came. So yeah, and I think yeah. that McAlinden at left wing back is reward for the performances he's put in. And I don't think anyone deserves to be playing ahead of him at the moment. Like I said, for me, McFadden was really underwhelming at Wilston. That's the first time I'd seen him. Mm. I know he's really good in the Boreham Wood game and I didn't see him at his best. And I've only seen him you know, in the other performance and it wasn't that great. Hazana looked a bit lost in terms of some really good runs again, but the end product was a, a bit poor at times, which, you know, he's just a raw talent. That's what that's what you get. But, I mean, Parkey's display of emotion at the end of the game as well, that's about as passionate as I've, I've seen him. He, he was similar at the end of the Halifax game, but he got completely ignored because that's when Paul Mullen started to do his Jurgen Klopp celebration, so everyone <laughs> just started hailing him instead. But, I mean, thinking I of other it. players... Yeah. I, love I, that. I love that. Sorry, to, I, I love that Parkey celebration. Sorry to, to cut you off, Rich. I, I love that Parkey celebration. And it was... I was thinking of lots of different captions for it for most of my shift during the day, which is a, not a good use of my time. But I was thinking, like, you know, when your parents say you can stop at McDonald's on the way home. But the, the very short clip... There's lots. I'd love for people to send me more. But um, the very short clip, just him going, like, yes, yeah, you know. And also, for... We, I've given him in particular, I'm not going to pin this on you, Rich, but I have on Twitter spaces and on Twitter and on here, maybe as well. I lose track of where I said my uh, rogue opinions, but I have given Parky a bit of stick for not coming over to the fans and not really trying a bit harder to connect with the fan base. Now, is that some people will say that isn't essential. It's the man's job to get us promoted. I understand that. We've been spoiled in a way that some of the managers we've had have already had that connection with the team. Brian Hughes, great player for Wrexham. Andy Morrell was a player and a manager. Um, Dean Keats was captain and then a manager. So, look, there have been examples. And I'd say Sam Ricketts, when we had him, Sammy the Snake, he was just a little bit more charismatic, I think. Just maybe... I don't know, just seemed to get He's very well media trained and understood yeah, that side of the game exactly, a lot more. Exactly, exactly. But I think Parky but no, but on the country that though, way inclined. Is, um, well, on the country, though, we had bloody Gary Mills doing laps of the race course pitch after we beat Torquay at home in his first like, home <laughs> match. And maybe it went too yeah, much the other way, in which case we bought yeah, into him too soon. Fair. Whereas Parky's, like you said, it's, it's his job to get promoted and he doesn't need to be a cheerleader for us. Obviously, we love seeing no, that passion, how much that. it cares, and it helps his cause a lot more. But it's just been a bit of a slow burner. I think it's taken a bit longer than it should have done for him to come across as someone who you know, can be likable and that we can buy into, someone yeah. who gets it and does generally care about Wrexham, the community, the fans, and just trying to win every game. And you know, I think he can maybe work on that. But he is more maybe old school, and he doesn't. You know, when he first came yeah. into football, there wasn't that sort of media training and what you need to do. And 
I just think that... Well, we're at the end of February, do you know what I mean? We're at the end of February now, and I can't remember a game where there was a chant about Parkinson. That really is... You know, I think Grimsby at home significant was the thing. first time I'd heard it. It's, 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 it's not... A, I'm nitpicking at something, but I'm just saying, personally, for me, I like to have quite an expressive manager. Obviously, I want to go up above all things, and, and you could say, well, you're asking for too much. If he gets us up, who cares? And I don't care if if, if we go up. I really, you know, if he never address the fan base I, I wouldn't care at all but there, there are certain things I think I, I honestly believe coming over at the end of a game win lose or draw I think is just the bare minimum you don't need to be giving it a fist pump but you can come over and meaningfully clap and so to see him you know really give that was it eight, 1,850 odd of year 52 um, you know just a show of emotion because I think he knew as much as we did just how big a result that was you look at it now, we've got a game in hand on Chesterfield and we're three points adrift of them. Only a few weeks ago, Rich, we were thinking they were going to sail off into the sunset. Shamanga's running away with the golden boot. Next thing you know, Shamanga's fractured his leg. Their manager's gone, James Rowe. Let's not get into that now. They've got a new manager. They're winless in four. We can now match them with a game in hand, which is, I believe, against Solihull. Um, obviously, the boxing the game. So, it's... God, it's... it's uh, it's, it's it's amazing how fast things can change and you go for one minute you go from supposed pretenders and, and next minute you contenders and oh we're gonna get we might we might still end up getting national league but it's fun again it's really fun and uh yeah onwards we go rich yeah it was just having that right to believe and to dream and as feeling optimistic again which has been difficult over the last couple of months because we've just not maybe bought into the the ideas and the philosophy and the results haven't matched the spending on the pitch but like you said there's so much mitigation left so much can change so quickly and I think the other thing that's so exciting for me is that we've had these big wins but we've not even had Paul Mullen and we're about to unlock that Palmer Mullen strike partnership which we saw against Grimsby and worked so well and we saw for was it five minutes against Maidenhead? Four minutes, was it? Yeah, five, wasn't it? I don't even think it was five minutes. I think it might have been even less. I mean, yeah. and even then in those four minutes, how many touches did they get? Exactly. So I'm just so excited to see how that comes across and how that works now because Ollie Palmer brings other people into the game so well and he just looks so much better when he's got someone to support him. I thought Wildston, he looked pretty bad um i think he just looked very isolated but against chesterfield my word and the other thing i love about him is you can say he's come for the money and whatever but his celebrations the chesterfield stewards must absolutely hate him because i know there was a uh, limbs behind the goal i know some people got thrown out i know people went on the pitch i know there are pyros but look we've been locked behind closed doors for a season we're in a league where we don't get many away days and when we do get a big away day we want to make the most of it you know we're a team who's so deprived of success and glory and you know I don't condone violence at football matches I don't condone it going too far people getting arrested or whatever but Ollie Palmer you know he was like the orc he's like the uh what's it called the conductor to the, the conductor. he was the conductor the to the Wrexham to the Wrexham uh, yeah. Orchestra and, you know, when he ran into the, like, away end for both goals to celebrate as well, it was just absolute bedlam. It was so fun, so enjoyable. And it was just so nice to have a packed away end, to have all that pre-match optimism, excitement, for it to look like it wasn't going to happen. And then there it is. We have such a good away day, such a exciting feeling. I woke up with a smile on my face. You know, there's such a joy around the town, such a buzz. The fan base is so excited. And the thing is... Right, you might not be Parky's biggest fan. You might be a re- maybe more of a realist who sits back and says, "Well, when every team plays, we could still be fourth or fifth. We might drop down when someone else has played, whatever." But for one moment, we all dreamed, and we are all dreaming again. And that's what's about football: is waves, it's highs and lows. And right now, it's one of the biggest highs I've known for years because it's like that post Halifax win. I just feel invincible, and you know we've got bloody older shot and Kings Lynn winnable home games, and I know one of those might come back to haunt me and be the reality check that that really sort of sends us back down to earth. But oh, I'm feeling very optimistic, and like I touched upon there, we've got so many home games coming up, so many winnable home games coming up as well. We've proven that we can play in front of a big crowd now against Chesterfield. We've proven we can play well. 
why can't we do it at home? If we can turn the Kaidas into a fortress, then we really, really can be amongst the mix, not just for second or third, but the title. I know it's a long shot, but stranger things happened. Rich, then, we're, we're coming to the end of February by the time this comes out, and then by the time we record again, it will be March. So I'll tell you what, why don't we do a little bit of a report card. Between us, we've seen the new boys quite a few times now. So we've got, who, who is the January Rabbids? Ollie Palmer, Tom O'Connor, Callum McFadden. What do we think? What are our early impressions? It's It's been a small sample size. I know, you, like I say, you only saw McFadden at, at, uh, at Wheelston away. But there are three pieces of the puzzle for Parkinson that, you know, if he, if he for whatever reason, if we don't go up or... If he gets another year in XYZ, they look like they're going to be three key starting pieces in a parky team. Maybe if we just go through and we start with Ollie Palmer, you know, a lot was made of. I think Wimbledon fans were quite happy with the money they got for him, given his age. And like you say, there was this idea that he was just coming for his big final contract and he wasn't going to have that pace. And at Wimbledon, he was good at linking up the play, but he wasn't the most prolific goal scorer. You know the football league's ever seen. Yeah, he, he's he's gained, you know, a lot of support and 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 he's gained a lot of plaudits. That's the word I'm looking for. What do you think before before I kind of chime in on on, on Ollie Palmer? Yeah, he's absolutely surprised me because when we spent that much money on him, I thought, well, I I I just looked at him and thought, well, he doesn't look that spectacular. Even I know I say don't judge a goals record too much, but in terms of what I'd seen from him, I was like. He's a good, effective player, but is he a 300 grand player? And no, he's not. I still maybe would say, I mean, so money, who cares at the moment for us? Because we're going to have to play our Wrexham tax anyway. Players get over-amplified, etc. But he surprised me so much because we were told he's just got to be this big lump up front, the sort of Matt Reed type at Lincoln City. He's got so much more to his game. His hold-up play is exceptional. He's got a really good short burst of pace, you know, that acceleration initially over five to ten yards. He's really streetwise. He's a nightmare for everyone else. And you can already see that he's everyone else is learning off him so much. And what I loved about him as well was in his post-match chat on the Wrexham YouTube account, he was asked about his brace. But instead of talking about that, he wanted to talk about how great Max Clareworth was for setting up the second one by heading it back across goal, saying that someone so young wouldn't usually do that. They'd have a rush of blood to the head and try to score themselves. And, you know, he's just a team player and he gets it and... When Palmer's playing well, the whole team plays better because he brings everyone else into play. He's just that outlay up front. You know, there was moments yesterday, because um, we're calling this on a Wednesday, where you know where we were a bit troubled, particularly in the first half. But we now had an out ball where it was just hit and hope, get the ball, you know, alleviate the pressure for now. But Palmer was the man on the end of it, trying to hold it up, trying to win it, trying to make it stick in that final third. And like I said, when him and Mullen are both in the team together, we got to be totally different, and I cannot wait because, like I said in the first, like I said of the first half, there's that chance for Jarvis. If that's Palmer heading the ball down for Mullen in the box, we're winning one 0 already against the run of play, and it's very different at half time. And I just can't wait to see what happens. For me, Ollie Palmer has been such a surprise, such a breath of fresh air. I wasn't expecting him to be that special. I was thinking he's going to probably just be this big lump up front who's going to annoy fans because he doesn't move that much and. You know, he doesn't offer, but his all-round play has really taken me by surprise. Yeah, no, look, I think he's he got off to the perfect start, didn't he? You know, scoring against Grimsby, packed out Kairas, and, and he's just, yeah, I mean, just, just brilliant for him. I saw him in the trophy game against Boreham Wood. I just think his movement's good, you know. He's one of those old-fashioned strikers in that he... He knows where to where to sort of keep himself, you know what I mean? He tries to stay between the sticks. There were times when I was watching Mullin where, given he had so little help up there, was it due to injuries to Jake Hyde, who, quick word on Jake Hyde, brilliant to see him back on the grass training. Hopefully he's not too far away because I think he will be a massive boost if you've got someone of that calibre to come off the bench. But there were times, uh, times when I watched Mullin and he was having to run out to the channels and... He was having to run here, there, and everywhere. Come drop deep, drop to, drop into midfield to get the ball, and and now he won't have to because what you can do is a little bit more um, direct in a way. It, it, I know people might scoff at that, but you can go to Palmer, as you say, as your out ball, and yeah, he's got a lot more to his game. I'm surprised because, like I say, I'd watched him at um, 
I'd watched him at uh, Wimbledon. And again, I'm watching him at League One level against some, you know, good, really good League One centre-halves. And, and, he, and he was less effective. So dropping down two leagues, still a tricky league, but he looks like he's really settled in already. And, and I know the documentary crew around his house filming, and I know he's all settled there. So uh, really pleased for Ollie just to kind of get, get going and, and again, kind of put to bed this idea that he's checking out by moving to Wrexham. Um, yeah. And, and, yeah. and just to kind of shuffle it on to quickly, I mean, if, unless you've got anything else you want to say on, Tom, um, on Ollie Palmer, even before we get on to Tom O'Connor. Not so much. It's just the fact that he buys into it. And, you know, he, he said as well that, you know, yeah. he said, I think as well in his post-match chat that, there were eyebrows raised when he dropped down from League One to the National League, and he was like, and he said, "Well, no, this is just as tough. You know, this is such a challenge trying to get teams out of here. It felt like a League One fixture on Tuesday night, and it was just raucous." And you say, "Does Oli Palmer regret moving to Wrexham, scoring two goals in front of a packed-out, sold-out away end?" I think you know, I don't think he has any regrets whatsoever. Obviously, you know, there's a lot more to come, and is it three goals in his first five games? You know. It's a promising start and there's a lot more for him to give, but I've been really impressed by him. I know, like you said then, Nate, you're going to go on to Tom O'Connor. For me, at Wealdstone, he was just quite... He just I didn't really notice anything he was doing. Um, I wasn't that excited by him, and I was thinking, is that really how much that much money gets you? Like you said, the, the fee's a bit of a, a blur at the moment. We know it was, was a big, substantial fee anyway for Burton to sell, but... Tell you what, he was really good in the second half. He was that midfield metronome, keeping things ticking, often you know picking up the ball in de- in decent pe- positions, playing simple passes, making sure we were always m- making the right pass and moving to the right area of the pitch. It was his delivery from all the set pe- from all the corners, and they were really good. Um, you know, it sort of kept the pressure on Chesterfield. Like I said, it's a bit of a slow burner for me, and I think he is sort of that midfielder in the mold of we're not going to appreciate him that much. But then maybe when when he's a fixture in the team, we'll really notice him when he's not there. One of the things that really struck me on what was a rubbish pitch at Wheelston, in my opinion, you know, crap pitch and terrible conditions. What really struck me was his, whatever you want to call it, his training, his grounding, his foundation. Because when you watch players that have been in that Southampton Academy, you speak to people down there, What obviously one of the best academies in the country in you know in English football it's it's everything's one or two touch and I deliberately for a period when that game was just like in the balance at nil nil I, I deliberately watched Tom O'Connor and just focused on him as if you know as what scouts do when they just come to watch one particular player and I noticed he would take one touch shift it essentially across his body and give it and go and it wouldn't be he wasn't. He wouldn't be spraying it across. We spraying it across the pitch to fullback to fullback or wingback to wingback, whatever you want to call it, or, or massive diagonal balls over the top. He wasn't doing anything like that. It was just I, metronome's the exact word that that's the right way to to describe him, Rich. I think neat, tidy. You know, his passing accuracy will be brilliant because more often than not, he's just give and goes, little give and goes. And if he does give the ball away, he's ball away. But very rarely. I mean, he, he he's so fluid in his movement as well it's just someone who doesn't really have any ambition to to get forward and so while he's not this enforcer that I think we did need disruptor kind of a harrier in there I still think you could do with one of those in the, in the off season massively I think you could do with that kind of figure but I think having someone who can just sit in front of that back four has no real ambition to kick on and move forward which you know Young likes to do that Davis definitely likes to do that and you're going to already have Mullen up there and you're going to have Palmer up there. And wing-backs are both very attack-minded anyway. If it is McFadden or Hosanna or McAlinden on the left, and as we know, Riesel Johnson loves to get forward, as he proved at Wheelston. So you do need those bodies defensively. And I think, yeah, he's a bit of a slow burner. And he'll be one of those, Rich, where I think if you don't talk about him during a game, I think he, he we've probably played all right. You know, if, 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 he's, if he's not that noteworthy... I think we've probably done okay if he's if he's not having to do too much because that means they're not really threatening us in front of the defence. So, bit of a slow burner. I'll agree with you. I think he, he, he's still finding his feet and he's still a young lad as well. And let's not get it twisted that uh, he's come in with a lot of expectation, big money, and I just think it's going to take a bit of time for him to to find his feet in it in the midfield that we said had a, had a massive hole in it already, and you know that type of thing's not going to get fixed overnight. 
No, exactly. Like I said, it's so such early days and, you know, one defeat and we could be brought back down to earth and we could be um, having very different opinions of these players. And I know maybe just around that off McFancy and like I said, I've only seen that one game and he didn't do much. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to judge him because I've not seen enough of him. And I think even that's the caveat on O'Connor and Palmer. I still haven't seen enough of them to judge them properly and fairly. So any opinion just now. Just early impressions. Might just have early to be impressions. Advised, might it? Yeah, yeah, but just early impressions. These kind of things, people talk this about this, about, I get this in work quite a lot about, you know, people dig up really old takes and say, you know, the awful sort of thing or revise this. It just in that moment, that was my opinion. And in another moment, you know, come the end of the season, Anupan may have 10 goals or, you know, O'Connor may have eight assists and I'll change my mind. So he has shown a willingness to get forward and X, Y, Z. But I think right now that's my early impression of McFadden. Watched him obviously get man of the match in that Boreham Wood game. Just think he looks he looks like got a really good delivery on him. Um it's got a really good delivery, Lo- loves playing with a big man. And and is a quality player. I think he looks like he likes to hug that touchline, looks comfortable at left wing back. Which I think in fairness to Bryce is just not his natural position. I think he would much rather be out on that right side. But Reese Johnson is is going nowhere in that team anytime soon. And I guess to kind of throw it on to, to what you said at the beginning, Rich, Twitter, at Rob Ryan Red, you put out a, uh, a a good graphic of mine? I don't know. An, a, a graphic? A graphic, mine? let's Lots call it that. Questions. A graphic, I mean, fine, we'll call it that, a graphic. Yeah. I think it's a good graphic, but yeah, we put, like we put a graphic out and... Um, and we got lots of, I think we got lots of responses, didn't we, Rich? I think we did. We yeah, we got popular? lots of, and lots of varied ones as popu- well. Yeah. Are we popular people? Is that what you're saying? Um, no, I just think Wrexham won and people are, we, are more happy are to Are we talk. more or less popular? Are we more, do you think, here's a story that, that you sent me that I, I don't know when I'll get a chance to bring up, so I'll bring it up now, Rich. If, well, I mean, I, I interviewed Ryan Reynolds during that press day, but he didn't ask my autograph, so does that mean that, because he swapped signatures with Ollie Palmer. That was the story, wasn't it? That Ollie Palmer and Ryan Reynolds during his brief trip swapped autographs. Um, do you reckon he would ever want our autographs? Or no. should I give up the ghost? Unless no. it was on like a restraining order maybe that we had to sign from like a court, maybe. I, I don't know. Hopefully, but I don't know. Maybe you'd just be like, oh, I can take a podcast. I mean, can a podcast have its own autograph? Is that just three R's? That's, that's just letters. Yeah. And that's an autograph. But anyway, Ollie Palmer's autograph is in the hands of Ryan Reynolds, which for a player of who's been in and around League One and League Two, that is that is bonkers, isn't it? That yeah, well, they mental. said, didn't they? Rob and Ryan said when they visited that they were starstruck seeing Paul Mullin, and you know, <laughs> who was Rob starstruck by Jamie Record? One yeah, of them, I think so. one of them was really starstruck by Jamie Record, which you know, in, it, with all due respect, Jamie Record is is just a sentence. That I don't make think Bournemouth Wood fans were starstruck by Jamie. Nah, Record, that, that, that's, that sentence makes no sense to anybody on the planet of Earth. Um, but hey, look, they said it, and they were describing the talkie game as their Super Bowl. You know what it is? It's like, it's like somebody on Twitter said to me that they brought their son um, to the Chesterfield game, and he, I think he, he said he'd been to one game before, which was the Newport final at Wembley. So obviously, big day out of Wembley, took him there, didn't win, and the young lad's been doing other things since. And he comes to the Chesterfield game, he just he got the buzz back again. He just he was just around so much positivity and enthusiasm and I had a joke that it's not always like that but for Rob and Ryan they're, they're so fresh into it and they can study up as much as they want but right now it's so exciting to be a Re- just imagine these new Wrexham fans that don't have Hollywood films and aren't swapping autographs it's the same principle for me it's just this amazing new excitement feeling for them where normally Philadelphia Eagles or Vancouver Whitecaps or whoever any of these teams in US sports there is no promotion and relegation so yeah they have playoffs and they have kind of play-ins and various things cups uh, mls cup and whatnot there's still trophies and, and things to win and something at the end of the season to play for but not like this not where every game matters you know what i mean in it I, I follow basketball a lot there's 82 regular season games they don't really matter that much half the teams get to the playoffs but for us it's like every win is huge Every defeat is 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 a disaster. So, yeah, I mean, that's a long story to say that Ollie Palmer's hat, autograph is in is in Rob McElhenney, uh, 
is in Ryan Reynolds' hands. I'm sure Rob McElhinney probably has Paul Mullins' autograph somewhere stored away. Just it's, just it's just very weird but very fun, isn't it, Rich? And I'm excited for the documentary. I'm excited to see what Ryan's trip was about because it was so kind of cloak and dagger, that trip. I know you tweeted out that two, the, the picture of um, the two of them together, but it was really odd one, wasn't it? He was in and out. We kind of hoped that he'd be at Wheelstone, but not to be. No, he missed out. He's still waiting to see his first Wrexham win. Who knows when that one will be? But like we said, we asked you on social media. Twitter, go for uh, it. Who was Rex- I mean, man of the match, Wrexham's most important player right now, and where will we finish? We'll try and read out as many as we can, but obviously lots of you said uh, Rob Layton, so I'm not going to say Rob Layton, Rob Layton, Rob Layton, because... <laughs> What's, one what? of the one of the tweets was one of the tweets was Rob Lainton to every answer. Yeah. Even though where, where will we finish? Rob wherever Rob Lainton decides. Yeah, every which, every answer was Rob Lainton. Which is pretty much <laughs> probably gonna be the case, isn't it? But um let's have a look and see through some of them. So Simon Cook said my other match was Rob Lainton, but the game changer was Liam McAlunden. Our most important player right now are Paul Mullen and Ollie Palmer as goals win games. He thinks that we will finish second. Richard Lowe again says Rob Lainton from Alan Match says Jordan Davis is the most important player we've Ooh. got right now and that we will finish third in the league. Um, Joe Edwards says Lainton Davis and third as well, so that's quite a popular selection. Third. Well, here's uh, one, Rich. I'll read you one from Rob Davis. He put, again, man of the match, Rob Lainton kept us in the game. But overall, great teamwork, and at the very end, you could see what it meant to everyone, including Parky, as we as we mentioned earlier. He said our most important player. There's a bit of a this is a very kind of cliche Disney film answer, but he said our most important player is teamwork. Sounds a little bit kind of like Scouts and Brownies, but teamwork. And then he said we can finish top, and if not, we will finish in the top four. So we can finish top. The people believe it, Rich. There's a lot of people yeah. in here that that believe. I mean, look. Another one, uh, username GHF underscore BN. Uh, sorry for that is. It might be Gareth. I don't know. We'll see. But you put Lainton is the uh, man of the match. Jordan Davis is the most important player. And you put, we will finish first. I called it back in November. However, I'm a little bit less certain now. But with a run of home games, we can put the fear into any team and build momentum. The difficulty is that teams will part the bus. So the focus is on us to create chances. Quality counts. So it's still very much on. Yeah, and Joe Jones says McAlinden was massive when he came on. I think Palmer has to be the most important for us right now. Big with Mullen coming back on Saturday. Don't know how they will fit Macca in, but they have to, in my opinion. I think second or third in all honesty. Um, Mark Gittin says we will be in the top three at the end of the season. I still reckon we can win it. Nine points behind Stockport with a game in hand and with them to play at home still. I mean, I know we don't always like to look too far ahead and I know Parky will Certainly not be looking this far ahead, but Nafe Wrexham versus Stockport. You know, I mean, it is sort of. I've already put in the like annual. I've, I've, I've already put in the annual leave request. It's already there. It's in the system. It's it's that 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 days. I, I booked that off. It, or, this is awkward, but she doesn't listen to the podcast, so I can say it. I actually put in the annual leave request for Wrexham against Stockport before I put in the annual leave request for my friend's wedding. <laughs> so uh, I, I mean that, that is actually a true story. I yeah you know, so, I, I prioritise my annual leave requests. Uh, the first two I put uh, in was Wrexham against Stockport. Have you taken off Rexham... a full weekend though? Because that, I mean that's the that's round of forty five. So that's the penultimate match of the season. Wrexham at home to Stockport. Wrexham surely, to Stockport. Surely that'll be on TV if we're both in in a in a title race. Then oh, what does that mean for TV? That means a twenty past five kickoff. Twenty five. I'm guessing on a Saturday or twelve thirty. Well, they won't do twelve thirty. Twenty past five. Is that unless they move it to the it? Sunday, of course. But oh dear God. Well, I hope not because my annual leave request is for the Saturday. But we'll we shall see. Um, well, but, I mean, I, yeah, I didn't I didn't get the full weekend, Rich, because I needed again the following weekend dagging them away. So I've been very strategic in just trying to get the exact day I need. So BT might be BT may screw me over, but yeah, we it's it's one of those Rich where. God, imagine tripping up against. I don't even want to speak it into existence, really. But well, no, I saw imagine, there was a great tweet. Um, imagine tripping up against, uh, you know, Aldershot or Kingsley. Well, yeah, I think still play Barnet home or. I did see a tweet tweet yesterday from Joe, and it said, um, well, "What did it say? It was something along the lines of, yeah, convince myself we're catching Stockport this morning, Saturday, Wrexham one, Aldershot one, which I think would just be peak." Wrexham, that would be the peak I mean, that would, league. That, and... that would be that would be peak Wrexham, but there's also to kind of uh, our good friends at the uh, National Obsession podcast, who um, I don't the know, they, they boys. Us, yeah, they did us a favour, the Talkie Boys, and they getting a draw against Boreham Wood. Um, they 
said this tweet from a day ago. Um, I don't know if this was Charlie uh, Baker or not, or John, but we'll see. National Obsession uh, tweeted, would be very Wrexham in the conference, tagged us, at Rob Ryan Red. Do keep tagging us yourselves if you want to get in touch with us. We're very active on the Twitter. They put, would be very Wrexham in the conference if it looked like Wrexham were going to get out of the league and then the world ended because we had World War Three. That would, I mean, that would be Pete Wrexham, wouldn't it? You know, kind of World War Three declared and competition is null and void. What a waste so, of annual leave. Oh, I mean, if Vladimir Putin is the reason I have to, you know, cancel my annual leave or give it back, I'll be really... I, I get he's got bigger He'll be getting a strongly worded letter, won't he? Uh, I don't know if I would give someone like that my address, to be honest. Would I have to That's true. just kind of do an anonymous one? Or I feel like, yeah, I feel like he would have bigger we things could, to worry about. We could about diss him on a Twitter spaces. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll tw- one That's of the Twitter spaces, I'd, I'd be all over him. Yeah, I feel like that. I feel like... But then I may get the Russian bots that are quite prevalent on Twitter. It's a lot to think about, but Twitter space is a good good time to plug, Rich. Um, thanks to all the people that are listening to those, and I'm getting lots of really nice messages um, about those. Because I just really did, they're a bit of a different way, and um, I won't name this person Rich, but we did get a nice message. And I don't want to be too self-indulgent on these things, but someone put... Um, just wanted to let you, know, let you both know, I'm looking forward to the upcoming pods and spaces. Um... This is just the start. Hopefully, a lot more will come off the back of this for you and the other podcasters around the club. Onwards and upwards for the mighty Reds. So, very nice to say. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just an exciting time, Rich. A, a lot going on and a lot to unpack and you know, getting hundreds of people at 10, 11 o'clock at night on a Tuesday to come and have a chat, which I know helps. We won, but it's, it's, it's great to see. We had people on from Australia, Queensland, Australia. We had a guy on from Ontario, Canada, and we also had uh, Rexham a USA on Twitter who was in Las Vegas, Nevada, who was actually doing some work training at the time of the game. So I don't know what time it was, it must have been eight, nine o'clock in the morning, doing some work training, and he said that they threw it over to him. His boss threw it over to him and said, you know, can you talk us through this? And he pretended that his child was having some sort of emergency just so he could go off and celebrate the second Palmer goal. So, I mean, I respect that. I, I, I do. I've got, a lot, well. I've, got, I've got a lot of time for that. So, so yeah, we'll catch no, you on Twitter Spaces on Saturday, I guess, after the old shot game. Twitter maybe. Space. I think, I, think, I think it might be the Fearless Lads hosting that one. But, look, Saturday, one year of the Rob Ryan Red podcast, official, to the day, to the minute, to the hour. One year. I've, I feel like I'm going to get some cake. I've managed to locate some Wrexham Lagers. Uh, down all the way down here south. I don't know. Got to do something. You're going to be there, aren't you, Rich? So hopefully your presence is just a win. Because I, I, I'm flicking the admit, V's at the away end. I'm hoping. I'm going to admit now. I, I haven't bought you an anniversary present. Is, is it? Is it paper for one year? I, I, your paper ticket will do. I mean, I'm not paying for your ticket either. You're a season ticket holder, so I don't have your present. So I'm, I, we're being bad in this kind of like um, podcast civil partnership, whatever you want to call it. Uh, this podcast, this marriage of convenience for our podcast. I don't have your present, Rich, but fli- I mean, flicking the V's. The, how, how many are Aldershot going to bring? Hedge your bets now. What do you 62. think? Sixty-two. Sixty-two. Okay, so what? It, but... I'm not even sure because the standards are so low for away followings at the race course. So okay, sixty-two. I will. I'll just go higher than low. I will go lower than that. I will go low. I'll just take. I'll just take the field lower than that. Sixty-two okay. is a good benchmark. So. We shall see next time we reconvene. But between now and then, we've got... Oh, Kingsland will bring even less, Rich. I'm going to say for Kingsland, I'll say 40 fans. Yeah, I mean... Did, did Dracula night? have a following? I'm not really sure how much he... Uh, I don't know. The Vampire Diaries is quite popular, but I don't, no. I don't think he's in that. I no. I, yeah, that wouldn't be as popular if he was. But they're on a Tuesday night. Look, they they're the kind of games where, I mean, you commented on it last season. As final note from me, you commented on that game last season. There was eight goals. Gold on Mateo scored. So, you know, Kings Lynn proved that they can up their game when they come to the race course. There was all that chatter about, did they get offered a, a random one-game bonus to beat Wrexham? It was all kind of cloak and dagger on that. Um, you know, allegedly, supposedly, whatever you want to say. But, uh, I don't know, Rich, it's, it's just... We've got to just try and rack up some wins, haven't we? In terms of just, yeah, you know, we saw Stockport go and put nine wins in a row together. Can we go and put five, six, seven in a row? And I know we've got that that's trophy game to come it? up, but that's the challenge. Go and do it. Go and get it. Go and grab it now. Still got to play Solihull. They're above us. 
Still got to play Borenwood twice. We've still got to play Stockport. I'm trying to think who else. We've got Notts County, obviously, in the trophy. I'm trying to think who... Oh, they've still got to play Dagenham. I know they're just outside the playoffs. We don't have to play Halifax again, I think. But we've got a lot of tough games, Rich. And it's so, therefore, it's in your hands. Go and win it. Nobody wants to play Wrexham right now. Exactly. And, and that's, know, what, that's another thing players. I was going to say about Tuesday night, just as final. We're hated again. How nice is this? They absolutely hate us, and I'm loving every second of it. And let's hope we can keep on smiling come Saturday. Like I said, all the shot at home. We'll be back next week as well for maybe some post-match analysis of that, and hopefully a special guest as well to keep your eyes peeled. Nafe, do you want to do the honours of the social plugs? And then I say we play that clip again to play us out. Yes, right. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, which we do appreciate, lots of people are at the moment, which is great. You can find us on Twitter, at Rob Ryan Red. Um, you can both of our individuals, if you want to send anything to us individually, they're in the Twitter bio. Go over there, follow us, go and like my good graphics, great graphics, whatever you want to call them. You you call them whatever you want. I, I'm not going to put any words in your mouth, but if you want to call them great, very much appreciated. Very quickly, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, I think that's all of them. Uh, you can nominate us, if you want, if you'd be so kind. You can actually nominate us for Best Non-League Podcast of the Year. Um now, we're not expecting anything, but if you do, that would be much appreciated just to kind of spread the word. That's by the Non-League Bible. That is on our feed. We'll give that a retweet once this goes out and tag away, tag us. That would be much, very much appreciated. And if you want to get in touch via email, it's robryanred at gmail.com. Right, Rich, any final words before we just play ourselves out with the beautiful sounds of the Chesterfield away end? No, just enjoy it while we can. Like I said, football is loads of waves. It could be lows, it could be highs, but right now we're on the highest high you can sort of imagine unless it's got to be promotion at the end of the season. There's a lot of games to play. It's back to the boys. Let's make some noise. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal a last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.